Don't. Don't open that box. What have you done? You shouldn't have opened it. You shouldn't have opened it. Open it. Open it. Open Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents The Mystery Box. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Slewinski. And I'm two of your hosts, Bartek and Kaspshishak. That's two different people? No, it's one person. What are you, stupid? And this is our show, The Mystery Box. What is The Mystery Box? Good question. It's a box and it's mysterious. I mean, it's, it's right it's in the title. Case closed. Episode over. Just <laughs> play music. Um, what? An, an abrupt ending? Yeah. What are you talking about? Never. So on this show, The Mystery Box, we have a box that uh, that is filled with DVDs of um, movies and or video projects that have been found at op shops, um, second-hand cash converters, places that um, just really say someone else owned this and they wanted to give it away. And we were lucky enough to have a box filled with these and we have to watch one of these mysterious movies at random. They're selected randomly and we just have to, we're just forced to watch them. We, We just have to go, okay, what is this movie we're watching? Who knows? So, Bartek, we don't always do this show alone. Not every single Mystery Box episode we do by ourselves. We've done one alone. Well, duo. Yeah, we do have a guest joining us for this episode. Who is the fortunate soul to join us? All right, I'm going to build him up, Ryan. Okay. This is going to be great build up. And it's going to be a girl <laughs> plot twist. Why is that? A- because you're like, I'm going to build him up. And then oh, the I said M. Oh, oh, sorry. Them, That's genderless. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. Build uh, them up. My typical heterosexual, normative, patriarchal views just came in there. Soz, 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 everyone. He said soz, so it's all right. <laughs> it's sincere. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special Chris Madurin with us today. He is a great person. He's been with us on the show Unappreciated Masterpiece many times before. You are in anticipation of who it could be. Many times. That means three. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Unappreciated Masterpiece is our other show with the weekly one. This you is can check it one. out. We can check it out, please. Uh, it's over on... Yeah, you everything, know, you know, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. site. Just plugging the up. other show right now. This <laughs> guest is the expert on Rob Schneider. He's the expert on Johnny Yoon, was it? Yeah, yeah, on, on They Call Me Bruce. And an expert on... On Max Payne, Max Payne. Yeah. and maybe Mark Wahlberg. I, I don't know. We have to ask, ladies and gentlemen. The Chris Mardirian this week is guest. <laughs> Hi, uh, hello everyone. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. I will have to apologise for my last appearance on um, Unappreciated Masterpieces. I, I did go a bit overboard. Here he really the, loved um, Max Payne. With um the Max Payne um the uh, the anger really uh, it hit me. Uh, it, he was angry that it didn't succeed in the box office. <laughs> um, okay, this is a great film. This is a great film. I loved it. Look, this room was so two thousands. It has lasers. Why are there fucking Valkyries that fly and kill people? Right, oh, Chris, Chris, it explains it all. They're <laughs> Psycho Chris, do you want me to explain it or do you just like want to? Like I was saying, um... Tally of Chris having a meltdown part four. As your 
the guest, you were responsible for having to choose the movie from the box. You had to point your finger at one of the mysterious DVDs, and that was the movie we had to watch. Yeah. yeah. Now, <laughs> now I I looked at all of them. There were. I was thinking which one. I mean, there are all DVD cases aren't all the same. If you if you think about it, I, all the boxes the cases the, yeah. the cases that they, they obviously they look they look different especially in the mystery box but if you if you look if you go to jb hyper or kmart they all look the same which means <laughs> like all the like the higher budget ones have like this particular case and i thought look l- let's try to not torture myself too much let's pick a higher budget one between from the spine of the dvd yeah. Yeah. and not, not like the spine that has the title but like yeah. the part that you open that open like, so, like that bit, so like, which ones are the high ones the clear ones or the black ones so not the clear. black ones there's like a clear one and they've got like a bit of a, a rounded edging a rounded edging and if you look at the um ha- the middle of it there's like a bit of a thing to open divider yeah, yeah, divider yeah. And I thought, you know what? That looks good. I, I, I I'm not sure. If, I kind of regret my decision. Because <laughs> well, it wasn't your decision; it was your instinct. My instinct His instinct uh, let him down. To him, we'll get into it. Listening people, go back to the intro of the show, and while you're listening to all the sound effects, imagine like Chris going through this process of thinking throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it, it makes it a lot more interesting. Like, don't open the box. What have you done? And Chris is like, oh, you know, I think this one. <laughs> it has a higher end DVD case, so it might be the one. So we had to watch the amazing film. Deep Rescue. Not Deep Rising. We covered that on our show, Unappreciated Masterpieces. We covered Deep Rescue. Forgive me if I say Deep Rising throughout this episode, though. I won't. Uh, you should know better by now. You're, you've podcasted for nearly three years, Bartek, you know. Deep Save Me. I mean, Rescue. Uh, I will start us off with the conversation of... Uh, 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 who found this? It was me. Guys, I, I'm the one to blame. Case closed. I went to the Salvation Army. It's the same place where I found Meteor Apocalypse and Jack Hunter. All in the one day, might I This is three episodes in a row of Salvation Army films. Then. Mm, you know, tasty. And I saw it and I just went, oh, oh my God. This has to be one added to the cart of DVDs that I have on me right now. It's because a film with much moderate themes. Moderate sorry. themes. And it just screamed out, hey, choose me. Now, why did it scream out hey choose me ryan well i think it's time that we talked about the dvd cover because obviously with these things you read the d i look at the dvd cover have a minor read over the back of it then i chuck it in the box and don't look at it until it gets chosen again bartek how about you give us a little bit of a description of the cover for us all right i haven't memorized it but i've got it in front of me (laughs) so at the top we've got text saying they prepared for every contingency Except this one. Which is true, I guess. I mean, the film didn't lie on that one. They didn't prepare for that contingency. And then we... It wasn't in the book. The book. Always the book. And still in that top quarter of the cover, we've got the word deep. In big, dark blue, sort of purpley, in fact. Let's say indigo. I don't know. It's a bit too dark for indigo. It's (laughs) a lot more purple. (laughs) This is where the conversation Wait, wait, Chris, Chris... (laughs) Chris, give us your opinion. <laughs> Where do you think that lies on the blue-purple spectrum? I say purple, 100%. It's... No, I said purple. Yeah, let's go indigo. <laughs> you go indigo. Look, seeing as though I'm not uh, into the... Um, I'm, I'm not... You're not into colours? No, I'm into colours. I'm just He's not, not into colours. What a I'm racist. Just, I'm just not very educated in the different colours. 
So in between the blue and the purple, I would say definitely purple. Okay, uh, but but where on the Roy G. Biv scale does it land? Well, since well since <laughs> it, it's I've never heard of that before. Since oh. it's, it's on a gradient from black to light purple, it's really hard to tell exactly one color. It's multiple shades. Good. So <laughs> I have to explain Roy G. Biv to Bartek. Yeah, I've never heard. Roy of Roy G. Biv is the, the good guy. No, it is red, orange, yellow, blue, indigo. Violet. Oh, I know, I know that. I'd never heard the term before. Is that like you trying to pronounce it? Roy G. Biv, and oh, green okay. is in there too. I forgot green, I think. <laughs> so okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just said red, orange, yellow, indigo, velvet, uh, and velvet, right, violet. So yeah, that's the top. Oh, no, no, sorry. We were talking so much about the word. I didn't talk about the actual visuals. <laughs> oh boy, hold on to your seats. So the top quarter of this cover, picture this, has the surface, the sky with the clouds, and a. Seems to be the tail end of a spaceship. Uh, a human spaceship? Or an alien spaceship? Oh, uh, NASA made. Oh, okay. NASA it's, made. Not, it's not a uh, human you... organism. <laughs> a human spaceship. <laughs> and he, <laughs> and he goes... This isn't Meet Dave, right? <laughs> I thought it was quite clear that about human made. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that when you are asked a, a, a human spaceship, you think of me, 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 Dave. No, I didn't think of me, Dave. Me, I was just like, what are you talking about human spaceship? Human spaceship. <laughs> He thinks of a spaceship. <laughs> that's, that's a humanoid spaceship. I was a man made Oh god, Bartek, that was beautiful. Just the idea of just like them having to, the whole movie of them being like, we're gonna save that human, <laughs> human spaceship. <laughs> And underwater, it's just like this inflatable doll looking like spaceship floating under there. And they're like, we gotta save it. Oh, okay, Bartek. So it's a NASA made spacecraft that's on the top of water. Yep. Um, And then we can really just talk about the bottom three quarters. Oh, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive because it arrests you. So just below that, we got rescue. In what color? Well, just plain old white. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure it's not indigo? No. I mean, uh, before, <laughs> very white. before when you thought it was purple, not indigo, we might have reason to believe that. Yeah, and you agreed with that, me that you're colorblind. Purple. Yeah, well, but that's only because I, I don't know like all the colors exactly what to look like, and it's gradient. Chris, so. why don't you Google Roy G. Biv? So that's, uh, that's the words of the cover. But below Deep Rescue and They Prepared for Every Contingency except this one and the surface and the humans made spaceship. And just saying that that surface doesn't look real, does it? They just CGI'd that in. No, Chris. <laughs> it's 100% real. What are you, crazy? It's, yeah, what are you, crazy? Well, no, this, is a li- this is a literal photo because right below that we've got two huge heads. Human heads <laughs> or, or alien heads? Human made heads. Oh, right. I'm sorry, Bartek. There's no such thing as Photoshop. It has to be real. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, 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 hey, it, a program. Give Bartek a break. He before today he didn't know who Roy G. Biv was, but now he has learned. Roy G. Biv is an Academy Award-winning actor. In this film, Deep Rescue, yeah, especially he invented colors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was also in the movie. Was it? 
colors with uh, with uh, Robert Duvall. It's always gonna be gangs, man. There's always gonna be fighting. You can stop it for yourselves, man. Sean Penn, Robert Duvall, in a Dennis Hopper film, Colors. Reggie Biv didn't invent colors. He discovered them. He's an adventurer of colors. That's a good point. So go See, on. We both the... needed to further clarify. Go on what with we your human-made faces. <laughs> there are two faces, all heads, kind of. What the one on the right is a very angry man, mm. and the one on the is left... he our lead character? <laughs> I mean, there's only f- like five characters in this film, so there's not really any minor characters. I wouldn't uh, say he's a lead, though, but we'll go into that later. Of the five, yeah. I would say he's in the top three. And the other one is the sole woman of the film. Oh. Looking sort of up, not at him, but kind of past him. Oh, okay. Like, she's looking off into the distance saying, like, I- man, why couldn't it have been a woman-made spaceship? <laughs> no, a woman ship. A woman, uh, a, a no, right. She's not ship. saying anything, but her mouth is slightly open, like she's, she's gagging for it. Not really sure what to say. <laughs> okay. No, her throat looks fine. You can see part of her throat, Ryan. Yeah. And might I say, she has perfect hair. Is that all the cover? Well, no, Ryan, because in the bottom right corner, this is where that Photoshop that Chris was talking about might have. I don't know, man. Come into I play. think this is actually a telescope, and we're looking over the ocean at this actual image. There is no DVD cover. This is real life documentation. It's happening at the moment, right now. <laughs> yeah, Guys, this... grab your telescope and binoculars and look out the window. You're gonna see Deep Rescue written in a kind of purple color and white and a bunch of faces. Could be two faces and a human spaceship and. A human spaceship, man-made by NASA, not a human spaceship. And somehow a person with a ladder climbing up. Well, that's in the bottom right corner. Yes, if if not for this last part that I'm about to describe, you just have a pretty solid poster. They just, you know... But then it gets from solid to great. But then, yeah, bottom right corner, they have just a little splice of a man from the film climbing down a ladder. And that's poignant, yeah? That ladder's very important. It's very iconic, Ryan, because the ladder is what leads them from where they start at the start of the film to where they are for most of the film. And that's the mm. cover, other than the rating for M for mature themes. Moderate themes. Moderate I was themes. wrong when we were watching it. It was moderate. Themes. And I saw that cover with the two faces and it said Deep Rescue and I went, oh, there's going to be like a, a really crappy kind of um, uh, disaster movie. I thought like, oh no, they've, they've had some natural disaster and it's trapped them. That was my expectations of the movie. My expectations all these months and when when Chris selected this film, I went, okay, so this is going to be a movie in which they are either going to be sailors or astronauts. I couldn't tell because, you know, the suits in the right corner look like astronaut suits, but they also could pass for divers. And my expectations were this is going to be a natural disaster movie. I thought a a giant meteor or tidal wave or something knocked them deep into the ocean and they had to fight off sea creatures. I honestly thought this was going to be a creature feature as well. Like I thought there was going to be like a giant squid or uh, a whale. There's no whale, by the way. How many many sea creatures do we see in this film, Ryan? 
One. One, yes. What a nice little crab. Jump scare yeah. crab, we call him. <laughs> Jump scare crab. <laughs> Jump scare, not in the meta sense for us, but for a character in the film. Yeah, because... For us, it was a very casual entry and exit. Yeah, he slowly crawls over the outside camera, the external camera of the rocket that's landed in the water. We see that, and the guy turns around to look at the monitor, and he goes, Ugh, when he sees a crab. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, we're talking about expectations. Chris... What was your um thought of the movie when you selected it? What did you think we were going to get when you when you had to look at the DVD that you chose? You did because, this. Because, yes, for Chris and I, we only saw the cover and then we got into the film. We had nothing else to yeah, think Yeah, look, I, um, I'm a- I actually wasn't surprised at all with the film that we got. I um, Looking at that, I thought, yeah, this, this is going to be a very, very... Well, I thought quite tedious, boring... Uh, film even though i had surprising amount of um twists and turns it still managed to still be boring but no i, I exactly what i expected we, we got oh wow uh, he was uh, he predicted 100 uh, percent what it was going to be how, however we, at the start of the film i did say look this is perhaps made in about 2001 now but now that i've seen the film <laughs> and, and seen the rating because this rating the new rating the blue one didn't come out until 2005, so I don't think they'd reprint something like this. I so have I'm, no idea. So I'm, I'm thinking something between 2005 to 2010 now. Well, we'll perhaps, get to when you yeah. think the movie got released later yeah. on. Um, Bartek, when you saw that Deep Rescue was on the table for today, mm-hmm. what did you expect Deep Rescue would entail? Well, when I saw the cover... I didn't really take in the spaceship, um, nor did I take in the fact that the orange suit in the bottom right corner was sort of like an astronauty thing. Mm. I basically just had the thought of there are going to be people stuck underwater and they need to be rescued um and beyond that i wasn't sure if there was going to be like a a horror thing going on if it was just going to be survival um as we were watching the film there was a character who you know the the titular the not titular but the front coverly angry man was, face guy did kind of seem like an antagonist so i was wondering if there was going to be like a cabin fever thing going on with like oh they're stuck in this confined space they're going to go crazy or see madness yes madness something was going to happen to like, you know, really threaten their lives. So I was expecting that kind of film. Hey Kev, I didn't find any hull breaches, but the heat exchanger did shatter on impact. So if we don't cross ventilate, it's gonna get real cold in here fast. I think it's time for us to delve into the waters of deep rescue. That's right, I worked in a water well, thing. Can we get out it? of the waters and record our thoughts well, in the room that's I, nice and safe and warm. I actually thought you were going to do the opposite there. I thought you were going to be like, can we actually get out of the waters and go into the air where the movie begins? <laughs> <laughs> because the movie does not begin in the water. It begins in the well, for the let's be honest, the movie begins with like fifty minutes worth of opening credits. It feels like where oh, it's where all the writing is blurry and then comes into focus for like a split second and then, and then blurs out again. And there was some narration there that I don't remember what it said. Not, oh, not the I... narration was just the NASA people on yeah. the ground being like. Uh, fuel injectors are on and three, two, one, and uh, this, blah, 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 this film, all that kind of jargon that no one cares. This was about. one of those films that simultaneously did not have subtitles and required us to have the volume at max, max. to hear it. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, the film does start with the taking off of a rocket into outer space. Their mission-made rocket, yes, <laughs> not a human rocket. <laughs> not a human rocket. <laughs> yeah, to um to send a four billion dollar uh, satellite, satellite, which we didn't know at the time. Uh, we didn't know for a majority <laughs> of the film that that was the only goal of the rocket. Yeah, to, and that they yeah. needed like six people to do this. Was it five? Five or six. No, five, yes. But there are six people in the movie. We'll get to that. We have what I think is five to ten minutes worth of the rocket falling apart and it having to descend into the ocean and just all of them sitting in the cockpit. Yeah, take off, worried, and fall and go to the bottom of the ocean. You know, bad camera work, extremely bad lighting. The lighting in this movie is is garbage. Plenty of sound, though. The sound in this movie is, is definitely boring. It is like, there's lots of just beeping... And music that has like that just goes, and that's it. Yeah, like, at, at one point, I like th- I heard like a um you know a, a sonar a sound effect, and I thought, I wonder if it's uh, some guy just recording in a, in a recording with just going. Boop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was piss poor. So, yeah. In this <laughs> opening, apart from something that we'll be describing in a minute, it was pretty much a constant background noise of like the, you know, like the the rocket is in motion up in the sky. So the propulsion. Obviously, it's not going to be silent. Uh, it's going to be constant. You know, like it would really be. And yes. How much? What, the exact I'm glad thing, the film was realistic. Yeah, it's exactly what you want to hear. For, you know, five... Ten, ten minutes, minutes. Yeah. And barely hear your characters over that. But but like I but like I said, we did get a break from it three times. Mm. Yeah. With a beeping sound uno, instead. Uno, dos, tres. Uh, three yeah, times. Then yeah. Um, all right. All right, guys. Uh, speaking uh, all foreign at me. I don't... Nissan. Meg, yergo, yerek. Eins, you stole that one from me. I was going to say. And one, two, three. One, two, three, yes. Oh, I understand that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's Dutch, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what happens three times to give us a break? Beeping, isn't it? No. Flashbacks, you oh, moron. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. We're talking about the film again, guys. Not just... Not just, <laughs> not just swearing at each other. Not just numbers. So... This film has a unique film style to it. Not just cinematography and lighting and sound, but also um, editing and construction. This film has the bold move of having flashbacks, but they weren't clear flashbacks. The first one wasn't clear to me, at least, where it's like, they're in the rocket and there's the one woman, and then it has a weird cut to a car being sprinkled with a hose that was supposed to be rain and her and this woman having an argument with her husband about like how she doesn't want to be married to him because he wants her not to go to space and I was like why is this couple on the ground arguing there's a rocket in danger above them and then I realized very very quickly but I felt stupid that oh that's her she's having a flashback about herself and that happens two more times in the opening 10 minutes of the film where you have another flashback of her sitting in a bathrobe in Las Vegas or wherever it is in some hotel some hotel room yeah and one of the and a male voice is on the phone being like hey you want to go out to Key West no she's like he's like hey do you want to go out on a date with me and she's like no do you want to go out on a date with me? Because I know a killer place in Key West and the best line of the movie, in my opinion, came from him, which is in a dorky voice. He just goes, I like 
Key West. <laughs> oh, I love Key West. Like, like what the fuck does that Key mean? West. I love Key West. <laughs> it's like I said during the movie. It's like if Bartek said to me, "Hey Ryan, you want to you want to go out to dinner?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to Altona." And I'm like, "Oh, I love Altona." Like, like I've it's been just, there once. I've been. I know of it. There's I a boss that goes to there. <laughs> like, it's like that kind of thing where it's like, "Hey, name us." Like, who speaks like that? Like, like name a suburb, and you're like, "Oh, I love that suburb." Like, unless you uh, you have a uh, real. Like St. Kilda or something, I guess. Hey, Bartek, you want to go to Paran? Oh, I love Paran. <laughs> like, it was just so weird. And then the third flashback, I will give Chris that responsibility of talking about the third well, flashback. You, you didn't it... finish talking about the second oh, one. Oh, the second one. That was it. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. They're no, on the no. phone, Ryan. Oh, they're on the phone. But... But beeping happens. I can't remember. No, no, right. no, so, What's so, with the beeping? Someone, someone <laughs> knocks on the door. Oh, and yeah. then we never find out who that is and the, the no, flashback ends. Except no. for when he, we open the door and see exactly who it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the angry guy. I, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I actually forgot that we had visual confirmation that the angry man in the film was the guy. I knew on the phone phone, we had audio, but not visual confirmation. I forgot about that. Yes, because this movie, just for you guys to understand why I'm forgetting. Uh, a, par- a portion of the film in the early part is this movie is 90 minutes long and I can only speak for myself because Bartek disagreed with me on this the movie felt really long Bartek you felt it was very yeah, quick I, I, I felt it was, it was extremely long Chris where did you fall on the I, feeling of the length I swear to god if you say the middle <laughs> if he's like it felt like 90 minutes <laughs> no, no, 90 minutes exactly I, I was counting every second I was, yeah, was going to say counting every second no no I agree with uh, with Ryan on this one it, like I take it Patrick. yeah I um, it's fine I was expecting it to be short, but it did go very, very long. So, Chris, that was the second flashback. I'm going to give you the um, hefty responsibility of having to talk about her third flashback and final flashback, because the film has the audacity to have three flashbacks within the first ten minutes and then never have any more flashbacks. And these flashbacks barely relate to anything. Well, no, the third one's mind-blowing, surely. Yeah, it's, oh, look, Chris, it's my, it. Look, it's these three flashbacks are trying to r- bring across that this woman it wants a divorce from this person and yep. is trying person to date... in the first flashback. From the first flashback and then wants to date the angry man in the second flashback. So now we bring the ever-important third flashback. Very important. She's um, putting on her suit, um, ready to go on a her, on her mission. So this must have been like a, a couple hours before the rocket. Yeah, that's that's exactly incident, right. Yeah. yeah. Um. The per- was it Tech Number One? Was that the character? Yeah, Tech Number yeah. One. <laughs> that was, that's how that this person was credited. Out of how many tech yeah. people? Uh, one. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> um. Now I'm not sure what exactly the line was. Seeing as like we were talking over exactly yeah. the line, but they said um it was about um oh look. All your metal, please. And the only metal that she seemed to be wearing was her ring. So um, she looked at the ring. Was it just one ring? Just one ring. Her or two rings? Was it two rings she was wearing? It was two. She was wearing uh, her engagement wing ring over her wedding over ring. Over her wedding ring. Okay. That, so oh, I thought it was one of those weird rings so, that had, like, multiple... No, because when she took them off, there were two rings. Yeah, okay, yeah so she yeah. took them off, gave them to the tech person, he put them on a tray... End flashback. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a pathetic flashback. Like, it communicated nothing. So basically, the information we have up to this point is they've taken off... If if we listen to the narration, I'm sure we'd learn about the $4 billion satellite. Yeah. Um, something went wrong. Uh, she's 
having a tiff with her husband. She has a lover. Who's at, on the who's mission, on the mission with... while the husband is not. And yep. all the crew wishes the husband was on the mission. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because, yep. you know, angry man sucks. And she don't, she don't have a ring. And that's really, you know what they say? Set up a ring in the first act. Pay it off in the third. And they do that. It's the Chekhov's ring. We should, we should, as we're going on, just point out where each of the acts begin and end. <laughs> <laughs> I could give you a loose idea of that. Okay. First act obviously begins at the beginning of the movie and ends Bold. when they crash into the water. And um, seven minutes, yeah. No, no, because it takes them a while I to crash felt into the like, water. Well, like 15, 20 minutes. I'm not so, sure. So they crash That's when they true. crash yeah. into the water, and not only when they crash, but once they survey the damage and go, okay, this is what's happened. Because they crash, a guy unbuckles himself during the crash and hits his head, and they have to be like, okay, we have to take care of this guy. He's internally bleeding in his brain. And that's that. And then the second act, I would say, starts when a certain character comes on board to save the day. And then I would say the third act begins once a certain character decides that they want to save a certain object more than the crew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, <laughs> we'll get into those. But so, yeah, let's get up to the end of the third flashback. Let's, let's go to the part where they hit the water, maybe. They smack into the water, don't they, Chris? I do. Unless you want to talk about the animation first. Which part of the animation? <laughs> Anything. The great CG? Because Chris, our friend Chris is an animator. He does some animation in his spare time every now and then. Well, yeah, not teaches really, yourself. Not 3D, yeah, but um, but I could... Theirs wasn't. <laughs> they're, they're, well, look, theirs was 3D, but I... Barely? It, it, it wasn't properly rendered, or at least it didn't look properly rendered. It was... They they didn't there wasn't any outside shots it was all CGI so everything was shot in the studio of the um the ship and all the outside shots are CGI and it just I, I don't and it's know. at night too which yeah, makes I, it even kind of like easier, easier. to animate if yeah. you think because there's less to animate and easier to hide but they fuck it up was still. there any incident of sunlight in this film no mm, oh no, no. all the, all the flashbacks were either at night or inside yeah and because. Lighting yeah. is hard. Yeah. Well, especially with the most natural source. It, yeah. It, 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 yeah, even though outside lighting it, it, during the daytime is the easiest scene to light. But, Do you uh, yeah. think they have a camera that can handle the exposure of sun <laughs> in this movie? They can barely handle the exposure of dim lights. I mean, yeah. come on. Give this film a break. CG sucks in this movie. That's a given because this is a cheap movie. So that's a given and the lighting sucks and the camera sucks and everything sucks. Cheap movie. How much did you pay for it, Ryan? Um, that's a good question. I think... I paid a grand total of four dollars and twenty-five cents. That's a dollar for every billion of the satellite. I I could have bought myself <laughs> a packet of chicken nuggets that I I'm, could have been enjoying more now, so than this. I'm not, Twenty gumballs. Look, we we might now we might as well discuss this later. We probably will. But you brought something to my attention when you said a cheap film. We saw the trailer as well. Oh, we now, watched the trailer after. The, yeah. Now the trailer didn't say that it was broadcasting anywhere or it was you know being in cinemas or in tv so yeah. i'm not sure what this was targeting <laughs> was it specific for film festivals was it for a, t- <laughs> a, t- a tv film yes yeah, well, i'll, I'll, I'll give just, you the yeah. answer direct yeah. to video 
direct video. Direct to DVD. But but specifically to go into the uh, Camberwell, Victoria, Melbourne-based Salvation Army (laughs) (laughs) shop with some fucking idiot who wants to start a podcast (laughs) (laughs) talking about idiotic movies like this. That's where it was directed to. Don't call yourself an idiot. They gently park the uh, rocket on the edge of an under-the-sea cliff, and then they... There were a lot of... Uh, shots of it just kind of sailing through the water and it, it evoked an idea of like a shark. Yeah, I did compare it to Jaws at one point. I'm like, ooh, yeah. like Jaws, this shot. Did you see any, like... Did I see anything? No, no, no. When it was, going, it was going down the water, most likely they would have used CGI, but it looked better, obviously, because it was... All CG. It was all CG. I was thinking maybe they used some kind of model, but... No. No, that... No, no, uh, it's because it's all dark, because mm. it's under the water at yeah. night, so they have less to animate less to than animate, when it was yeah. in the sky, which has clouds mm. Mm. And, that are and, white and, and grey. Wa- and, and water that has... Uh... It's all one colour, so yeah. it's like they don't have to try. So we go underwater, a guy bonks his head on a chair, which somehow gives him hemorrhaging in his brain, yeah, that, even that though happens, he had his helmet on. That happens when they come to a stop, right? That's when they crash into the water. Oh, okay. It was just during the impact. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Who cares? <laughs> like, who cares about when he hits I his can. head? He hit his head. He gets knocked unconscious. He's a ticking time clock element of the movie because, like, we've got to get out of this Sense of urgency, situation because yeah. this guy's going to die. He but also, we have someone else that's very important going on, which is they're all in the cockpit area, but there's a guy below the cockpit area that's, like, in the hangar bay area, I want to call it, that's retarded. I'm pretty sure there's some kind of retarded astronaut guy who has his hair greased and parted in the middle, and He's constantly fucking up throughout this movie. Like, they have to try and close... Like, they have to try and put this, I don't know, kind of, like, conveyor belt crane thing out of out of the door of the ship. And that falls off and smacks the, the wing. And this guy is constantly being asked, like, Hey, could you turn that switch on? And he's, like, nervous. And he's like, I can't. I'm too afraid. Why was he afraid? He's an astronaut. Well, yeah, like, he's like, only gone through rigorous training. For yeah, they, 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 they kind of... Uh, NASA's very good at picking astronauts. <laughs> like, like, this, they have a book, Ryan. This wasn't Armageddon. <laughs> they have, <laughs> this a, wasn't, they have a book. They have a book. That he carries with him the entire well, time. Well, Angry Man carries it. <laughs> retarded guy, whose name is escaping me, because they do say it a lot. Yeah, this retarded guy who's constantly... Philip, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's constantly fucking up, and they like, surprise that he keeps fucking <laughs> up. And I'm like, what? Why? Throughout the whole movie, he's done nothing but be an idiotic. And honestly, I'm not saying retarded just for comedic effect. Like, there was something about him that came across as special needs. Like, I don't know. It's the way he's acting. And He was the guy that later was uh, angry at Angry Man, right? Yeah, everyone yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. And uh, something about this guy, he just keeps being so dumb. So they set up there's a dumb De- guy. Definitely early on, he... I, I made a joke that um everyone had their own emotion. Yeah, he they... He kind were... of seemed to have, like, a lack of emotions going mm. on. You mean intelligence. He has lack of intelligence. This movie, in its defense, it does set up the danger elements at the beginning quite well because then you get told that the amount of oxygen they have is very limited because of the pressurization of the ship for the under the water cuts down the oxygen to them being able to survive for at least 14 hours at the beginning. You know, they give you the idea of how long is it going to take for them to find us and then how long is it going to take for them to send the rescue to save 
save us after they find us. And then, of course, the big threat element of the movie is the captain of the ship. Angry guy. We keep Angry guy. Chris, From Flashback 2. Chris, could you explain to us and the audience why Angry Man Captain is probably the most dangerous threat in the whole movie? He is the antagonist. Well, yeah, as Bartek said, everyone has their own motion. Angry Man is obviously uh, the furious one. Mr. Furious. Which Fast and Furious movie best represents his state of being? Your Fast and Furious expert. Which Fast and Furious movie is he? Oh, he's the the fifth one. Oh, okay. The one with the rock. No, no, he's the... Which which no the sixth one? Which one's the one where the rock like takes off his cast by like flexing? I think that's the seventh one. <laughs> Is it the seventh? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, one of the one of those with the rock, and he just goes, Haha, I'm angry." That's angry guy. Okay, angry guy. Now he seems to be more concerned with the mission, even though they're so they're they're down below so so far that he thinks that there's a chance to save this $4 billion uh, satellite. And he cares more about the satellite than the lives of the people on board. Oh, so, okay. Weird, though, mm-hmm. right? And like, uh, just quick question. We keep calling him the angry guy. Did he really look like an angry guy throughout the whole film? Yes. He was a- Edward Norton slash Matthew Perry slash Oscar Isaac slash every other actor. He, 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 he looked he, so angry almost all the yeah. time. He looked like he was about to burst a blood vessel yeah. in his brain with how <laughs> like pissed off looking he was. But was there anything else driving his anger other than needing to finish the mission over saving people's lives. Well, yeah, now that you mention that, he also really, really was angry that the girl of his dreams, just what... Uh, the only female, the main character, the main <laughs> character, yes, J- Amanda was was not uh, was a bit was refusing his advances. Really, doesn't want to fuck him. Yeah, exactly. And um, cock blocked. Mm. Classic male character um, driving force being cock blocked. That and also he couldn't get his ears to pop. He couldn't get his ears to pop. <laughs> he was like, get this, he's an astronaut. Uh, that means he's been in, like, the military at least, right? Astronauts are, so, like, in the military at least. I... They're usually, like, yeah, they have to be because they have to know how to fly. They're usually military. Or, or pop- that, that, that at least know that you have to pop your ears. If you're... <laughs> yeah. Like, he has to know how to fly at least, right? I guess, yeah. Like, like he has to at least has be. He has to get some kind of military training. I'm pretty sure sure with astronauts they have to be in the air force at least because oh, they have to know how to operate flying sure. yeah, machinery really as, i've never really thought about it as honestly. well as no mathematics and engineering and all that kind of that stuff obviously right? yeah i'm not sure about that but, uh, but he has to know how to pop his ears but more importantly he should know why his ears feel like they need to pop because the first thing he asks is eh, my ears why is this happening and the chick's like it's the pressure <laughs> It will dissipate in a few minutes. The whole movie, it never does. He's constantly, like, stretching his neck and rubbing his ears and trying to blow his, like, hold his nose, but he never, like, pushes the air out or in to make them pop. So he's constantly, like, annoyed because his ears don't pop, pop. And throughout the whole movie, I'm like, is this guy's driving force? His ears don't go pop, yeah, pop? Because the other characters, you see them do the thing and they're fine afterwards. In God's name, were you thinking? You pump 40% of our air reserves into the KRS-2. Yeah, and if I didn't, I would have compromised the entire mission. You compromised the lives of your crew. My mission mandate. Your mission mandate is to protect the lives of your crew. And you know we can't get that air back. What if we need it? We didn't and we won't. 
There's also a doctor character that's name is Charles. Charlie. Charles and Charlie, and he's probably the one that should have been in charge throughout the whole mission because he's really level-headed and calm and knows things, but he's probably the most underdeveloped character other than the guy who's got his head bonked in. He doesn't get... Oh, wait, no. Tell a lie. We find out he has a niece. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was it. That's his character. It's like, this guy has a family, so then later on someone can say, think about it, he's got a family. (laughs) That's kind of the first act is just them surveying the ship, going, okay, these things are in danger, these things are in danger, this guy's motive is this, this woman... Uh, I guess we should talk about the main character, woman. She's just... Amanda, you said it was Chris? Yes, Amanda. Or, I, believe, I believe it was Amanda. Or curls, I'll call her, because she had these curls of hair just in her eyes, and I was like, put them back, and there was a scene where she swooped them behind her ears, I'm like, finally! And the next scene, back in her eyes. <laughs> it was annoying as shit to watch. But her... She doesn't really have any problems in the first act other than I'm in danger, but she doesn't have any, like, worries or concerns. They kind of come in the second act. Yeah, they're all, like, internal, like, with her relationships, really. She questions authority because he, angry man, Pop-Pop, doesn't want to do anything. He just wants to sit there and wait for rescue, and they have the brilliant idea. No, how about we... You know, use these wires and rig up a thing that can shoot into the, the, up, to the surface, up to the yeah. surface so they know where we are. And he's like, no. Why? Because I haven't gone pop, pop. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, he's all about being by the book, following his directives, I believe was the word he kept We using. only find that out by the second, like third yeah, act. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, pretty much every time they're discussing, you know, what we should do, you know, what what our options are, he's got his angry face on and you know, like, ah, when he speaks, he's going to be against it. Yeah. And <laughs> his angry face gets angrier because... You just said, every time they discuss something, blah, 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 it's also, I will give him defense, I think a part of it is, it's not just they go, oh, you know, maybe we could do this, and he's like, no, I'm angry, it's, maybe we could do this, if Ben was here, who was Mm. the previous commander that they served under, he would know that we should be doing this, and then he'd be like, which to him him comes across as, we could do this if someone better than you was here. Which is rude, because the only character to defend him is our lead female character. She's like, we have to follow the chain of command. He's our command. We should respect that. Even though you may think he's making a bad call, you can call him out on that, but in a professional, respectful manner. Which none of them do, even her after a while. (laughs) So it's kind of like hypocritical. But we get into... The second act, where I legitimately thought the movie was going to be over. Because they have... Bonk! 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 We've got a sonar signal. And I was like, yes, a whale. Because I was constantly like, when's there going to be any sea life to cause... I thought there's going to be sea life to cause them trouble. At some point, never is. Like I was saying before, um, the, the shots of the ship, you know, sailing through the underwater evoked a shark. Which could almost be considered, like, foreshadowing, because, oh, I guess a shark will appear later on, and like, for real. And it will smack into the glass or something, and they'll be like, oh my yeah, god, we have to patch up the glass because it's cracked But or like we you know? said, the only thing we got was a scuttling crab that scared one person. Angry guy. Yeah. Who I feel like shouldn't have been afraid of a crab. Like, I feel like yeah, if anyone just... should have been afraid of a crab, it would be Doctor Guy. Yeah, because he's got a niece. And it wasn't like a phobia <laughs> or anything, it was just like, oh, I wasn't expecting to see a crab on the monitor. So... After we've gotten to that point, where do we go? I think the appearance of Ben would be a good place. 
Yeah, that's right, because yeah. you hear beep, I... beep, beep, and they're like, rescue, we're being rescued, and you see a ship there, like a submarine landing, and we, and I thought, oh my god, if this is the end of the movie, yes. <laughs> right and now. I, and it went black for a second as well. <laughs> and, <we're> like, <gasps> and then, yes, a little mini sub locks onto them, and they're like, oh my god, someone's here to rescue us, and it is... Ben. Ben, yeah. The Man husband, from the first flashback. The husband. Yes. From the flashback. Flashback number one. Ben is talked about as this big macho guy who... Big uh, hero. Big hero guy. And then, um, you know, and all of a sudden he shows up and goes, oh, you do this, we're going to get you all out of here. And um, and immediately clashes with uh, Pop Pop Angry Angry <laughs> Angry Man. Because uh, Pop Pop Angry uh, Man is just Pop Pop Angry Man. Yeah. It sounds like you call him like a grandfather or something. Uh, yeah, he's old. Nah, well, he's young, he's but not. he's so, very angry. So he starts becoming quite likable in the fact that his first priority is to... Save the crew? To sa- save the crew, even when he's ordered by the higher-ups to come back. Uh, That's true. But he's like, no, I want to stay here and rescue everyone. Um, so, also, say, I told you so. I told you so to the woman, to the, to the wife. You shouldn't have gone here. How dare you? Look what happened now. Yeah, they have this scene where... Very emotional scene. Very emotional scene where she talks about how, like, when we saw the rescue craft coming towards us, I was hoping it was you. And then but- when I saw the boots land, I was like, oh, I hope it's Ben. But then the voice changed everything. Yeah, but then once I saw you, it was like... We never found out what that meant. She was like, yeah. and then I heard your voice and then I realized, and then she just stopped and was like, realized what? You don't need to know. <laughs> Did we ever find out what she realized? It doesn't matter because she loved him all along. Yeah. He comes along, Benny boy, we'll call him. And he's all like, all right, you got to get this done. Here's your priority list. Here's your priority list. Here's your priority list. And Pop Pop is like, meh, I'll do it. But first I'm going to put us in more danger. <laughs> By pressurizing the precious satellites, because at some point they fall again as a ship and it goes further down. When he did that, was that when he was entering the password? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They enter passwords in this movie and he gets the password wrong and just goes, and then gets it right and just nods and (laughs) smiles and it made Chris piss his pants laughing. He was just like laughing so hard at that. What's the point of that? It's just like, oh, damn. I thought there were at least like, at least in Batman and Robin, I'll bring Batman and Robin in. Like she that's go- a good comparison. She goes through a bit of a like oh, when um Batgirl is trying to go into uh Alfred. Is it Alfred's computer? Yeah. And she's trying to like think, oh, what could the password be? You know, at least she goes through a bit of a journey. Whereas Angry Man just goes, oh, wrong password. Oh, let's try this one. Oh, here's the thing. <laughs> there we go. Shouldn't he know the password? Yeah, he's, he's, the captain. he's the captain. There's <laughs> never a point later in the film where knowing the password, the password has anything to do with anything. She yeah. knows the password. Anytime <laughs> anyone uses the computer, it's fine. They it's just fine. can use it. They know until what to do. Uh, until the cords, meaning one cord, one gets cord. pulled out. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, you know. He they crash the ship some more because the land the cliff gives way and they go into water more and Pop Pop guys big major plan is gotta save the satellite above everything else so I'll pressurize the satellite meaning they cut down forty percent of the oxygen definitely guaranteeing their immediate deaths like they will last a few more hours but you're gonna they're gonna die and Benny boys all like it's okay guys we're gonna be safe piss poor lying like like and she's like. 
I didn't realize, but I had a feeling. It's like, what's that mean? Yes, you realized. Like, that was the dumbest thing ever. It's like... No, it's because I'm, I'm your wife. I'm, oh, yeah, because wives yeah. can tell when husbands <laughs> lie, but not fully. Like, they just have a You'll feeling. You'll have to let us know when you get married, Ryan. What, we, what happens now? We've got this element of danger because Pop Pop Guy pressurizes the thing. And that does have the famous um, book sequence in it. Yes, this is where... Um, Angry Guy and uh, Ben have their little argument where Ben wants to... I think this is the argument where he relieves him of his command, right? Yes, no, that's yes, exactly 100%, right. Yeah. because he's just endangered the crew. Yeah, so they have an argument and Ben... No, sorry, not Ben. Angry Guy was is talking about how, you know, we have to do things by the book. And then he says he indicates that he's about to quote the book, and you never you never see anything, but you hear the sound effect of like pages. But what? But, no, no. But what happens is Ben is like, no, we have to do this. We have we have to, uh, you know, save the people. And then Angry Man's like, oh, you're always by the book. Well, let's show you what by the book means. And he grabs grabs the book out of nowhere and then says, but we I, don't see it in the yeah, frame. We never yeah, see never the book. I don't see anything here about underwater, you know. He, like, reads out, like, yeah. titles. The best thing is, I want to ask you this. Okay, so this is what happens. He grabs a book. It's like, oh, look in here. I don't see anything about being stuck underwater 400 feet deep or whatever. You know, and he, and he says something along the lines of, good on you, Ben. Why didn't you think of that? And I just went, wait, is he indicating that Ben wrote the book? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, did or, like, had that? some kind of command did, where he got to Did you get that feeling? Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, it felt no. like, what, did he... Is he thinking that Ben... Because this guy literally thinks that Ben's in charge of everything. Like, like... It yeah, felt he, like, he it's like Ben, you wrote him, right? the book. Ben, you're doing this. Like, it feels like, Ben, she's your girl. Like, it's like, Ben yeah. doesn't own everything, yeah, man. He's only, like, a few ranks higher than him, right? Because yeah. if he'd be a captain... Yeah, and I think... Yeah. Uh, the other guys are colonel. maybe maybe it's because he's the rescue guy, so he has to take authority of what to do. I don't know. Well, he's a colonel, so he's a higher ranking. I'm right. pretty sure. Um, and he also has the mission statements for them to do to save the ship because also NASA wants them to deconstruct elements so that they can save those elements because they don't just want to rescue these people; they want to rescue the assets as well, which is what Angry Guys arguing for. Oh, remember there's a bit where they open a parachute. And I thought it was a giant jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I knew it was a parachute, but... I was just hoping for any sea creature yeah. to uh, 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 Well, we got the crab. <laughs> you got me. At what point does Philip do his um, second retarded or third retarded thing <sighs> and he closes the hatch? Well, that's uh, important yeah. too. So they crash some more and it damages an electrical grid or something in the like yeah. basement of the ship, I yeah, guess. Yeah, the bottommost part that they could access. And the doctor goes down, but of course he goes down while the ship's moving, so he gets flung off the ladder and knocked unconscious. And Philip, who's who's like a child, he's having a hard time even unbuckling himself. Yeah, he, his reaction to the guy being passed out is just like, <gasps> he's out cold, and then he just... You do it, idiot! And he's like, yeah. okay. And he crawls down, and he has this genius idea, because he can't... What can't he do? Why can't he... He can't open the... Oh, the the circuit breaker to stop the electrical flow before fire comes out. He doesn't know something that he needs to know. Can someone explain Philip's scene here? Where I don't know. Then like <laughs> then I thought like he closed the hatch to try and sacrifice himself in case it does blow up. I thought he closed the hatch so that the smoke wouldn't pour oh, out but, into but, the oh, ship. Some some kind of good natured thing. You know, throughout yeah. the throughout the film, there are like two points where they mention like. 
all right, this is what's going to happen later on, you know, when we when we evacuate and need to be rescued and things need to be taken. Someone, Lioness said, like, someone has to be left behind. Nothing ever comes out of those two occasions. But in this occasion, Phil decides to, like, sacrifice himself. I don't think he decides to. It just felt that way because like i never thought that i thought he was just really dumb and thought oh i've got to close the hatch and then he because he wanted to folk i think okay i i think it's this i think he was getting too distracted by the people yelling at him from above so we close the hatch so he can have that kind of focus to do it without hearing people because when they turn on the speakers inside the room, he doesn't hear them either. When they're like, oh, if they open up the thing, we cut down to him and you don't hear that on the speakers. So I think he closes it so he can get less um, frustrated and distracted and uh, anxious because he gets very anxious when people are yelling orders at him. So I think he closed it so he could do that. I don't think he ever was going to sacrifice himself because he genuinely thought, oh, I found the thing, I can save us, and then he touches it and he explodes. I honestly think his sacrifice was due to stupidity. I, don't know, I kind of, I don't know if sacrifice is the right word, but I kind of felt like he was protecting them from the danger mm. or something. Really? Like, I honestly don't know. It's one of the clumsiest executed scenes I've ever had to see. It's definitely confusing, yeah. Because, like we said, the conflicts of the film, you know, are all... What? Just laughing about this whole entire... You know, sometimes in life, when when you're like, man, like, I could be curing cancer doing all these amazing things. I'm just thinking about how I'm sitting here right now trying to analyze Philip's dumb motivations. <laughs> <laughs> my filmmate, my uh, well, Ryan, like some just keep film in mind. production company who had a deadline and they're like, we've got to have a body count in this movie. Ryan, just keep <laughs> in mind that if it's not for you, we wouldn't be here doing it. It's um, my fault. I know this. That's why I'm having a like a wow. I'm the reason everything's happening right no, now. Don't say fault. People are enjoying this episode. Look, listen to them. Yeah, but like I was saying, the conflicts are explained to us. But yeah, this one felt a bit confusing. Like, what was the thing? What? How do you fix it? What was it meant to do? Did did something good come out of it after it exploded? No. I guess that the the ship didn't catch fire, and that's what he did. But also, how did the fire not spread after he exploded? Maybe that explains the exploding ship at the end. Oh yeah, because the <laughs> ship does no, because that explodes at the front of the ship. At the front of the ship. Well, that was at the bottom of the ship, because the ship does explode. Spoiler. No, I honestly okay. Oh. Oh, okay. Maybe he. Maybe you're. Okay, if I'm going to take the point of view of a self sacrifice, maybe he closed the hatch so that when it did explode, the, the fire would be contained because there would be no oxygen when the thing's closed. Mm-hmm. That's what maybe we were saying. that's yeah, but I honestly don't believe yeah. that either. I'm just yeah. trying to understand <laughs> Philip's motivations that I genuinely think that con- he is mentally challenged <laughs> and they thought. Oh my god, it was a Make-A-Wish Foundation thing. <laughs> 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 of course, why didn't I think of that? 
<laughs> there was this retarded man called Philip who was dying, and they're like, "What do you want, Philip?" I want to be an astronaut, and they're like, "Okay, buddy, we're gonna <laughs> you have a shot at this." Well, right, if you're suddenly bringing in the idea that he was dying, then the sacrifice seems a bit more justified. Justified. He was, he was breaking bad in his life. He was just like... Ryan just wants so, to diagnose so he, so he had cancer He's, and he was mentally ill as well. So it was cancer, okay. His cancer gave him mental illness. It was in his brain. It was in his brain. Would that then be brain damage rather than mental illness? If any of you want to contact the director or the public production company of this, you know, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, if you want to talk to, um, let's see the director's name. If you want to talk to Christopher Bremble, um, please do. Um, Chris, if you're listening, I'm not the guest, but Christopher Bremble, give us a call. You know, just give us a, shoot us an email about why Philip was so dumb. I like how normally when you say, if you want to talk to X... You'd give them details, whether you just said, if you want to talk to X, do it. <laughs> just do it. Uh, Christopher Bremble, I know you're listening, buddy, because we're the only podcast brave enough to talk about Deep Rescue. And I know that you are like, that was my first feature film and my last, and I want somebody to like vindicate me at last. Or um, He's the- listening to this and he's like, I can't believe you got the Make-A-Wish thing. That was the most subtle idea (laughs) That was like nuanced and really subtle And I'm glad somebody picked up on those vibes Uh, What a legend So when they're at this bottom of the abyss thing They need to, you know, work hard at fixing this situation So they come up with an idea Um, can't remember what it was But then they, uh, he's obviously against it Oh, you don't remember the idea to save their lives It was To gut the satellite that's right, yeah, yeah. To take Their a- idea is to shoot the satellite up into uh, the top of the sea and put themselves in it, but to do that, they have to completely gut it. Yeah. And he's all like, you can't do that, because that's the mission. And it has the best sequence yes, yes, yes. of the movie. So basically, basically, he says, you can't do that. They explained to him, no, we have to do it, and that's that. And then he does something very suddenly. Yeah, I... I've never in my life seen such a weak, weak motivation like this. Like, like he literally chooses the satellite over life itself. Everyone's lives. Not just, like, one person. Like, every single person's life. The visual element of his face turning into a butthole with anger, because he, he really purses his lips when he gets angry. He does, like, a little butthole mouth. He just goes... No! And sprints away. He just like does a, you know, 180 and... Phew. And they're like, don't do it! That's don't like a, do it! That's and like he a, locks himself in He does it with like the room. speed of like a comedy film where like... If they added, like, I'm going to kill you now here. And it's like, uh, huh, huh. and then they turn around. And just that run. or if they added a little cartoon noise of like sand being ripped up beneath him and then... Mm-hmm. Like it was so... Beep, beep. ludicrously stupid that he turned into the bad guy at the very end. Like, he was constantly the bad guy, but the fact that he locks himself in the room to bang on the keyboards to shoot the satellite up without them to guarantee their deaths, and um, she has to run up there and use her computer skills, which I didn't know she had, and she fails because he unplugs the cables, which means one cable. He has, like, one cable, and he just unplugs, and she's like... <gasps> 
he's unplugged the cables. I'm locked out. And you have all this music, like, and it's just so And Ben's role, Ben's role throughout this scene is to, like, just bang against the, the, not the door. Yeah, no, the door. It is the door. The hatch. The hatch, yeah. Yeah, banging at the hatch and basically keep repeating the lines of like, you're risking these people's lives. They have families. You're going to make people widows and stuff and like that. And orphans. And, yeah. and uh, It's angry- not fair to do. Yeah. Open the door. Open the hatch. Yeah, angry man's in the room w- where you enter the password and the only other person in the room is the passed out guy. Does the passed out guy do something impressive? Uh, very impressive. Yeah, he lies uh, there because he's passed out. He can't. Yeah. Oh, his internal anything. hemorrhaging of the brain, yeah. so he what, can't what, get what up. What happens is Ben is very desperately trying to get him, um, get um, angry guy to uh, to stop. So desperate that he yells really loud, which wakes up <laughs> the passed out dude. I wish uh, I could wake up comatose people yes, yeah. like that. Just wake up! Fuck <laughs> just like, why did you call me? Just I'm to, gonna open a door! <laughs> just to recap, this man passed out the moment the ship touched water. So, so he's been out of... He does not know anything he's that's been, been going on. He literally been, doesn't know where they are because he's in a different yeah. part of the ship now that's yeah. all dimly lit. Yeah. There's a chance he'd recognise it, but yeah, the, he did, wouldn't have any context for why he's there. All he has is this voice saying... Open the door, open the hatch. Now, in his defense, he does know it's Ben's voice because he also served under Ben. In fact, out of all the crew other than the girl, the wife, he seems like he's the best friends with Ben because their interactions after indicate that they really do know each other. So I'll give him the benefit of he wakes up and he hears Ben's voice saying, open the hatch, open the hatch, open the hatch. He would do it, but he is something. Have you guys ever suffered a concussion before? Uh, I can't say I have, right? No. I don't think I have. Right. Now, have you ever suffered internal hemorrhaging of the brain before? No. No, no. no. I imagine having both of those things happen would limit your movement abilities. (laughs) So you can't just get up and simply open a hatch. (laughs) Not easily without falling over or maybe stumbling, alerting the guy in front of you that you are now moving. But maybe I'm wrong. If you've suffered suffered a a, a severe um, brain damage due to a collision of the head with an object, and you've been able to do that, please talk to the director Christopher Brum- Bremble and tell him that he did a good job. Now, if you have and haven't been able to do that, please contact the director Christopher Bremble and tell him he did a bad job. Well, at least at this point, the hatch is open so they can talk it out face to face. No, he just punches him. He, just punches him. <laughs> he, <laughs> he just knocks him out. Yeah. He punches him and then proceeds not to do what? With not to lock anything up. Just uh... he 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 doesn't restrain. Pop pop man. He just lets him walk around. Why? Fucking wrap Ryan. him in wires or something. Well, Ryan, this is. Have, we've never punched each other and knocked each other out. Not yet. But you do know what happens when you do get punched <laughs> and knocked out, right? No, what? But you just chill out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just chill out. And you, you just realize, get over yourself. You realize that you were being a bit of a douche. You wanted to talk? Yeah, um. I'm sorry. I don't know why I did what I did. They, they get into the satellite. But someone has to stay but behind. somebody has to stay behind, Chris. Who's the brave soul to volunteer to stay stay behind? Uh, mind you, it's not stay behind to be a sacrifice. It's stay behind to be saved later on. Who's the brave soul to, to suggest it? Is, it? is it the, the doctor? Or is it the bravest guy that everyone keeps talking about? 
Yeah, butthole face. <laughs> butthole face does want to go because he's a captain. He stays with the ship, even though it's the wrong kind of ship. This isn't the Royal Navy, son. <laughs> so, <laughs> NASA. so Ben's like, you get in there, son. Um, but then what happens <laughs> is... What twist? Is that Ben needs to stay behind very, very bravely, I might add, to, um, to actually get the, um, uh, the satellite to, uh, to launch. However, because of the cables... <gasps> the cables were unplugged, unplugged from the guy before, and he even says, Oh no, Un- the cable! Okay. I fucked up! What happens is he has to go all the way to the other room to put back the cable... But Amanda, so worried about him, comes back and do- they do it together. And then he goes, get back in the satellite. And the satellite is right next to the cable. Yeah. So it's like... So, yes. So he, that's what he says. But then he launches it, but then realizes that she, he di- she didn't actually go back in the satellite at all. I, she- I was so confused during that. Because I actually thought, oh, is this like not real? She it wanted to stay with him. Yeah, she wanted to stay with him. This whole thing is like their relationship forging back together due to Travis, like due to tragedy. Yeah. At some point, it but was I didn't real. Buy it. At some point, it was real that he had the rings. Yeah, he gave her the rings as as a sort of callback to the third flashback, just to justify it. He gets back with her at the end, but I thought it was a, like a weird, surreal thing because. The lighting was really weird and good and everything was in focus. I, I don't know. I felt like, oh, is she not actually there? That was only me who, who thought that because I didn't believe at all that they had forged their relationship to be back at the point where she wants to stay there and be with him. It's like, yeah, he was his most assholeish in that first flashback. It's, it's because he, like, obviously he was he was like that, but he explained why he was an asshole to her. Oh, yeah. She, he said that, look, I'm sorry. I was really worried about you. And things like that. Do our two married heroes, do they survive? Or do they die? Well, Ryan, after they reunite, they they sit down for a bit to have a bit of romantic time together. Yeah. And you've got this sense of like, oh, well, you know, the rest rest of the film will be about, you know, what they do next, what they're going to do to get out and, you know, who's going to rescue them. They, uh, They get into the, one of the pressure pod rooms, um, put on their space, not space. Well, yeah, is, space is there a reason why? Is there any danger immediately happening, or do they just decide, hey, we can use the EVA suit? There was a danger, but my mind is skipping. Something just water. happened. Oh, that's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, yeah. Water starts leaking into the room. The yeah, because the, the glass on the window decides to crack finally for some reason, and water just starts to spew out in its CGI glory, and they decide, well. We can use those EVA suits that we set up in the first act as well and and pressurize them and fly on up. Mm-hmm. They, they have this romantic line where they're like, do not let go of my hand. But then they but immediately they, let go to because get Because they have to put on the, the suits. EVA suits. <laughs> and that's Dude. not a joke in the film. That's something you just have to think about. <laughs> Dude, say that line after. While you're in the EVA suits, don't let go. And then, Ryan, we get this slow uh, scene of you know the water filling up the room. You know, they're looking at each other, they're looking around, they start floating up, up towards the surface, and you're wondering, oh wow, the rest of this film is going to be the great resolution. You know, you see the explo- low, high angle looking back down at the ship, you see the explosion at the front, uh, all the pressure being released, they're floating up, 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 cuts to black, and you're like, oh, he- here we go, what's going to be shown next? 
Credits. 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 You two were especially like, what the fuck? That's the end? I was a little less so, because I was constantly thinking it was going to end. Well, I mean, I even even made a joke when the explosion happened and the bubbles were rising. I was going to say, like, oh, the bubbles are going to form and say, end of Act 1. Yeah, yeah, because you're like... Yeah, imagine if this is even longer. It's like an eight-hour film. No. This movie just decides it needs to end. Yeah, it, I guess in no re- resolution that one would be satisfied yeah. with. In we retrospect, don't even know if they make it out okay. You just assume they do. Yeah, in like, in retrospect, I guess what the filmmaker would have been going for was their you know reunion at the end and the time they spent together was like the resolution of their relationship and that's what the film you know really cares about. So I guess that's what they wanted the resolution to be, and then that was just an excellence. Like, whatever happens from now on, whether they live or die, doesn't matter, they've reunited. I, I guess that's what they were going... That's my justification. I was disappointed that the film didn't end with Finn, because it was in water, so it would have been nice, but that would have indicated sea creatures would be in it, other than crab. Well, even on that note, Ryan, wouldn't crabs been, do not have fins. Wouldn't it so, have yeah. been great if the end of the movie was the crab crawling over the <laughs> camera, and it had end written on the belly of it? You can't push me, Ben. You can't. Because if you do, you'll just push me away. I thought that this movie was made in 2009. Okay. That was my assumption on the answer. I thought it was near the era of Meteor Apocalypse. The camera looked f- like the actual footage that the camera shot was higher. Like, it was good quality. It wasn't really, really poor. It was more the lighting that was shithouse. They, terrible lighting. Like, you just, I was constantly saying, light their faces, not the back of their necks. Mm. Their faces. And, the framing, it's the cinematography, but the camera itself, it was it was good, it was nice, it wasn't like really bad or really cheap, so I was like, maybe this is the same era as uh, previous film, Meteor Apocalypse, so I reckoned 2008-2009. Chris? Well, yeah, when I first started watching, I thought, oh, maybe 2001, but then... It, when yeah, I saw, 9-11, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when, I, when I saw the cover, um, yeah, as I said, this M rating is definitely at least 2005. Um, now, I... Did accidentally get spoiled by it a few minutes ago. I saw it, but I I, I, I still maintain. Yeah, but I thought between two thousand five and two thousand ten. Pick would... a day, pick a year. Wednesday. Well, I, I know the year now because I got spoiled a yeah, few minutes what ago. Did you... What did you think? Look, I thought like earlier ones, but the reason I th- thought two thousand one is because the CGI looked really early, and the only reason I said two thousand ten is to give me <laughs> some some leeway. But yeah, and it has to be at least two thousand five because of the rating. So oh, yeah. Who, yeah, who let him slide on that bus? Yeah. I was thinking more in the mid two thousands range. I was thinking like, oh, you know, maybe this was two thousand four ish. But then as I got to thinking, like, yeah, maybe a bit later. And then right before the credits, it did show like in memory of someone who died in two thousand four. So I know it's definitely not before then. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. going I about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my guess. What a way to remember someone, <laughs> by the way. This movie. That's like a. If they hated that person, maybe. It's the thought that counts. Um, (laughs) I'm going to put my stab on... I want to say 2005, but I'm going to be bold and say 2006. Well, the answer was 2005. Fuck. Bartek, would you recommend Deep Rescue to anyone ever? I didn't hate it, but it's not really anything special, so probably not. Bartek, how could you not have strong, hateful feelings towards this film? (laughs) I, I, It's just... 
it's just a big pile of mediocrity. Like, why is it? I mean, I know it's mean to the filmmakers, but why? Just like what? Like what? My, who bought it? Like, I know you bought it. <laughs> I but... bought it for four dollars and twenty five <laughs> cents. Which means at one point it cost more than that. More than that to buy it. Like, why? Like, why, why would you invent... Like, you know? Like... I do know, Chris, and I'm, I, I'm right there with you I on felt that. like it had a lot more, you know, direction to it and ideas than... Well, maybe not ideas, but it had some sort of idea that they were going for and it was consistent. So, recommendation from you then? Uh, no. <laughs> I, look, no, of course not. Of course I don't recommend this. This isn't fun to watch in any way, not in a good, bad way, or even a bad, bad way. Because sometimes you see films that are so incomprehensibly incomprehensibly bad that you go, how did they fuck this up so bad? This is competent enough, but not enough to be good either. I do not recommend this. It is boring, boring, boring. To let you know how boring it was, I was sitting on my couch just looking outside. Like, I was, <laughs> I was like, leaning on my couch, looking out my front door, seeing the sun shining on the pavement outside and thinking to myself, man, I really want to take my shoes and socks off and walk on that and feel the heat go up my body than rather watch this movie. That's, that's how boring it was. I was looking outside, lamenting the fact I was inside. Which is better, this or Meteor Apocalypse? A Meteor Apocalypse. Hmm? Meteor Apocalypse is 100% better than this. Dazzle M injectors. My Dazzle M injectors. My Dazzle M injectors. My Dazzle M injectors. My Dazzle M injectors. We're in the third act of the episode in which I thank Chris for coming on as a guest, having to endure the movie with us, having to choose it. I. You felt really responsible while we were watching this. You're like, please, I don't even want to watch this. (laughs) Why did I pick it? (laughs) Why did I pick it? I am still glad that we did watch it. If you guys at home want to support us, you know, where Spit and Polish Presents, give us a rating or a review on iTunes. Hey, Chris, have you given us a rating or a review on iTunes? Because you can. (laughs) Um, it helps us out. Bartek, ditto. No, we shouldn't do it ourselves, but I did already. But uh, <laughs> And I haven't, so I'm good. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the, all of these the things. Twitter. The Twitter. Spit and Polish Presents. You'll find us. But the episode's not over because we need to fight a creature that's stopping us from finishing the episode. This creature requires four people to defeat it, but there's only three of us here. Oh, there are. Oh, I thought there were. Yeah, you're right. This evil whale is blocking the doorway. This giant humpback whale who wants to mate with our spaceship. Because did you know, guys, know that our studio is in fact a a, a human ship, a ship that is a human. Mm -hmm. We are Meet Dave, but we need a fourth person, someone who is related to the film that we have. We can't pick Eddie Murphy. We can't pick Eddie in this one, Chris. Who would you um, choose to help us defeat the humpback whale that's mating with our human ship that we are in? You know, you got like six characters to choose from. Look, there's Angry Guy, Ben, Amanda... Knocked Out Man. Knocked Out Man. Oh, don't tech, forget Tech, tech one. 1. Don't forget uh, Tech uh, look, 1. Look, I, out of all these characters, look, they're, they're very tempting, but I think there's one character, even more than Tech 1, that just wasn't uh, 
gone gone to his full potential, and that was jump scare crab. Jump scare crab's a good oh. option. Oh. I knew he was going to go. I thought that was going to be you, actually, Bartek. Uh, I actually didn't think of Bartek, jump scare I'm, crab. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what Chris did too. I'm gonna choose an element of the movie that you wouldn't say as a character, but I would choose director for Christopher Bremble. Oh. <laughs> he owes us on this. <laughs> he owes us our lives. Bartek, who would you advocate? Well, I was initially thinking of the main human characters. I was going to think <laughs> of Angry Man, but I think that the crab hadn't let us down. You're right. It's got to be jump scare and, crab. And Ryan, you know, not to... I don't want to be, like, against you or anything, but Christopher Bremble doesn't have any experience with whales, as the film showed us. So. No, but he does have experience with deep rescues. And he could well, rescue us. Well, there wasn't really a rescue shown, so I don't know about that. Uh, excuse me? They went up in the satellite and rescued themselves. And if he was here with us, he would help us rescue ourselves. Well, we didn't really get the denouement of that. Okay, fair enough. So, we're However, co- we did have two to three, two, two to one for the crab. We are choosing Jump Scare Crab to help us defeat Humpback Whale. I will go first in the uh, moves against. I am going to choose the attack move uh, of pressure. I'm going to apply a lot of peer pressure on the whale. <laughs> because I've called other whales to tell him to back down. And they're all giving him peer pressure. They're like, the cool whales don't hump man ships. They what, hunt woman ships. There's a good one over there. What the fuck? <laughs> Get your dick out of there, humpy. <laughs> and and he's What's he's now co- been reduced down by twenty percent due to embarrassment, but his dick's still hard. What's the context of like? Are we underwater? Well, of course we're underwater. Can we speak still or what? Well, we're in the ship, so we can speak. Oh, okay, cool. We are not in water. We're in a spaceship oh, under so the, 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 the water. The crab's found its way into the ship. It's in the ship or on the ship. It depends um, how you want uh, him to go. So, Bartek, mm-hmm. you, you, your, your turn next. I, I, I reduced his health by 20%. Like, he's he's been lowered to, like, 80% health. Um, I point at Chris and say, Hey, whale... Chris has something to tell ya. And then when the whale turns away, I pick up the crab in my hands and I kneel down and I'm like charging up a push. But I can't pu- <laughs> I can't push yet until the crab's turn. So, uh, okay. so Chris, the whale you uh you've got you've got its attention. Okay. I've thrown its attention it's, on it's, you. The whoa, whoa, whoa. whale is distracted and focused on you. It's your turn now. It's okay, what I'm setting up do? something with the crabs. What are you gonna do to the whale? But I had something set up for the crab. Okay, so am I not the crab now? I'm myself. No, no, you have to be yourself and the crab there is its own separate person. So you have to defend oh. yourself against the whale who's now got attention on you. What are you gonna do? Okay, well, I tell the whale... Oh, hopefully this doesn't distract from what you're supposed to be doing. No, no, that's, no, that's fine. Like, what do you want to do? I, look, I tell the whale, look, how dare you do this? You do, <laughs> you do know the crab is your is your soulmate. How dare you cheat on it with this man chip? Wow, that reduces uh, health like by 40% due to extra shame and guilt and the embarrassment. Wow, it's on... It's, it's low now. The crab. The crab can do something now. It's got the advantage of I can launch it if it needs the extra So push. the crab has been charged by Bartek. It is ready for friction movement. <laughs> the crab chooses the only option it has, which is jump scare. <laughs> 
Patrick, let's go. Patrick, I launch it. Lord, Patrick, let's make go. It, make it, it jump, launch, if you it will. It launches and it jump and scares the humpback whale. In, in, we hear the humpback whale go, oh! <laughs> dick is removed from our man, our human and ship. If and you we remember, have... if you remember, whales are mammals. They can't actually breathe underwater. So exactly. that, uh, it's suffocated. It's drowned now. We killed it. And we're free. Thanks, jump scare crap. Whoa, whoa, that was scary. He just jumped at me. It was pretty scary. <laughs> Hold on, was, was, I was a did, bit, whoa, there. Did Chris say that the crab and the whale were lovers or something? Well, <laughs> so, yeah, but sometimes so, lovers are scary. Soulmates. <laughs> soulmates. So is it upset at the result or what? Jump scare crab? Yeah. Cra- it's inhuman. Cra- we don't understand its emotions. <laughs> The crab then kills itself from the gills of... You know, Ryan, we won, but... And we ate the crab. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Ryan, we won, but I feel... We lost. Like, we lost something. We lost a fellow teammate. We eat him with pleasure, but our stomachs are filled with shame and guilt. And our health has been reduced by 40% as well. Until next time, guys. Remember... To be kind to your jump scare crabs and their love with humpback whales, even if that humpback whale is trying to mate with your human ship and sink you. I'll feed us in. Yeah, this is a really sad ending. I'm actually really upset. End the episode with sad music instead. That's how you do it. (laughs) 